Well, hello, Louise. Hi, Kim. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm not quite sure. I may have um, not the best internet um, today, and I apologize for that, but I'm in the wilds of Minnesota today. <laughs> Say that again. Minnesota? Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Minnesota. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I flew in. I flew in from uh, Montreal to Chicago, was there for 12-ish hours, and now I'm in Minneapolis, um, where you're going to be soon. <laughs> this time tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want to dive into our wrap-up. I would love that. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about uh, reflection and wrapping up. Well, not last, previous. Two weeks ago, but yeah, who's counting? That applies. Um, and so I was really curious around, Kim, for you, if when we look back on this last week, um, do you feel like you have met your, uh, met your goals or objectives that you set out to do? Uh, for this week. How's that going? If we reflected back? Yeah, looking back over this past week, it's been really interesting because I um, I knew I was traveling this week and next week, and I knew that um, I was shoving in a lot of extra meetings at the beginning of the week than I normally have. And so my whole goal, my my whole goal was to to pack and not forget too many things. And to find my black cardigan, because that was really important that I have for this trip. And it's been missing for a really long time. And it's like the perfect, it has the perfect fit. And look, look I, I don't even need a cardigan right now. But I, it was one of those things where my goal this week, I, I had to winnow them down because I knew that I, I wasn't going to be able to fit a lot in. Um, so it wasn't like I had a big task list outside of doing what I needed to do. Um, to get ready for the trip. Right. How about for you, please? Well, I, you know, I think it's so important to kind of set myself up for success by looking at that on, you know, at near the beginning of the week. Um, Mondays are usually for me, Monday mornings are a good day for that. And making sure that I know all of those things, right. That are going into my week so that I get to the end of the week, I can look back and say, um, that I was successful. Um, yeah, I, th I feel like I did. I feel like, um, I was almost probably Wednesday. I had completed my, most of my goals, um, that I set out for myself on, on Monday. So I felt like I was really chugging along. And, and so these last couple of days have been like bonus days. So I do feel really, um, I feel really productive and really accomplished um, by by doing that. Right? It's it feels great. It feels successful. I love that, and I know that you and I talk about looking kind of looking ahead at the beginning of the week, and then having this time to, for reflection and wrap up at the end of the week, and how important that is. I'm curious for those of you who are are tuning in um, live, and even if you're catching the replay. Do you ever take time um, to set yourself up for the week at the beginning of the week and take the time at the end of the week to look back over it? So if you have if you have any thoughts on that, we'd love it if you drop that in the in the comments. Um, 
it is, it's not something that I've always done. Is it something that you've, oh, that you've God, frequently no. no, no, which is really, I find really interesting because, you know, if you don't set yourself up for success, how do you know you ever have gotten there? Right. That perfectionist in me has always like driven like more, 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 more. And still after all of that more still feeling unsuccessful or unaccomplished because I, I, I never defined what a successful week looks like. I even set up my days to be successful right at the top of my day. It's like, what, what two or three things do I really want to accomplish today? And they're not all work things. Like, why would that, right? Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, we're, we're whole beings, right? We have more than work. Yeah. Yeah. And so I find that to be, um, it, it, it feeds that, um, it feeds that little piece of me that wants to be accomplished that, right. That is striving for something. Um, but it, it's really defining like success is, um, right. Fill in the blank. And sometimes success is just getting through the day, knowing that it's going to be a really full and busy day. It's like, yeah, you know what success is that I'm still standing at four o'clock. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's That's like the whole cardigan thing for me. It's like, really <laughs> seriously, like I knew just getting through the meetings and finding the silly cardigan was like the most important thing I could do to ease my mind and to make me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, I'm curious. Why are you in Minnesota? I'm in Minnesota because we, I am visiting um, a mutual friend of ours who actually is going to be joining us today for our meaty part of the discussion about pivoting. Our dear friend, Nikki Baker Wolf who is an amazing human. Um, she does magical, pragmagical things. I, I should say pragmagical things. Um, she can explain what pragmagical prag is when she comes on. But um, I'm excited that um, she's going to be joining us today. And um, Louise, it's actually all your fault that I'm in Minneapolis, even though like it, Nikki lives here, but it's actually your fault that I'm here. <laughs> I do. Um, so I appreciate you getting there and scoping things out for me um, before I make the drive all the way from Winnipeg um, yeah, well, to, uh, to meet up with you guys. Hopefully uh, the drive goes safely and, and easily tomorrow with all of the rivers that have decided they would like to fully bulge. <laughs> Take over too, so. Absolutely. So for those of you who are uh, in Manitoba in the Winnipeg area, be safe, please love on that. Um, <laughs> should we dive into our the meaty part of today's conversation, our, our conversation about pivoting? I would love to because why wouldn't I want to talk about career pivoting? I know. We're going to get to your story in a little bit. I'm going to add Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hello. I feel like I need to adjust so I'm like even with you all. <laughs> Um, Louise, is the, is the echo really bad? Cause like I can hear it in both places, but I want to make sure out in the world, you can't hear it too badly. Okay, great. Okay. Great, great, great. So we've made a Louise sandwich on my screen, which is fantastic. Me too. <laughs> so Nikki, I would love if you would share with our wonderful viewers, um, kind of who you are and what is pragmatical? 
<laughs> well, first, like I was totally eavesdropping on the success conversation and defining success. And I love defining success for yourself because it's not always, you know, 10 steps to success. But what if that's not success for you? What is it? Because how do you know? if you don't know what is meaningful to you. So I was just geeking out on that and I had to just give a give a call back to that. So um, I'm Nikki Baker-Wolf. I am a coach. I do human design. I do Akashic Records readings. I do all kinds of things. And pragmatical is a word that I sort of mush together. <laughs> Pragmatic and magical because I always say I walk the center path of science and spirituality. There's value in both. They work together. They're not two separate entities. I see them very much interwoven. And so exploring the world through that point of view is really important to me. And so I love working with pragmatical soul rebels, I say, the people who are, you know, they, they trust the universe and they're like, yeah, science is real. And I work in that space as well. And so um, playing in that zone and as we're discovering more in the science world, we're also discovering more in the spirituality world and how they morph together. So it's not a new idea in the world, but it is definitely a space I love playing in. That's awesome. Um, well, you know, I'm pragmatic with a dash of blue, so <laughs> I appreciate that. So I would love to dive into this idea of pivoting. Um, pivoting, well, what does even pivoting mean? Louise, do you want to talk into that considering this is totally like, <laughs> well, we know, like any anytime I hear pivot, it's always Ross from Friends. Pivot, pivot. <laughs> so that's how I hear that word, no matter how people say it. <laughs> when they're trying to, when they're trying to shove the the couch up the stairs, right, and they get it, they, yep. get, they get it jammed halfway up. Yeah, back yep. up, back up. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm gonna before I kind of dive into that, I wanted to ask Nikki. So. Currently, what you do, your your pragmatical, that's must have been what you studied in school. That must be what you've done for the last two decades. Right? Oh, of course. No, it's it's been a long and winding path to get there because like many people, I thought it was one or the other. Either you had like a spiritual side and you're kind of, you know really floaty in the world or you had that like hardcore science side where if it's not evidence it doesn't count um and i never felt secure in e either world so i couldn't have both feet on one side or the other because it just didn't work for me and it didn't make sense to me because when i would hear something you know kind of spiritual i could see well science is talking about this it's different language but it's really a similar kind of thing um, and the same on the science, like, oh, you know, we don't even know the questions that we want to ask yet. And those are the exciting pieces. And that's a very like philosophical and spiritual point of view is to be excited about what you don't even know to ask. So um, like m my study, I, I would say like, it's been that winding path, science, spiritual, science, spiritual, until it kind of smoothed out. And I was like, one side on one foot on one side of the dotted line and one foot on the other. And so I kind of trot in the middle now. So you can say I've studied it for 20 years, but not not cohesively or in any sort of logical manner. <laughs> it wasn't your major. <laughs> well, it, interestingly enough, uh, my major was a self-designed degree in integrative and restorative wellness. Oh. 
So okay. it kind of was. <laughs> Accidentally, accidentally, but it kind of was. Right. Well, and it, your journey, like all of, all of us here um, have a have a journey that I think we don't often, at least for me, I, I didn't plan. I didn't plan it. It happened to me. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't plan it. And I was not to say that I wasn't going after the the thing that was in front of me, but I felt like I wasn't really doing it intentionally. Um, it was just something that kind of evolved for me uh, in a lot of places. And I think career-wise, that happens often. When we talk about career pivots, I think sometimes we often think about people who are going like from one extreme to another, who are going like, right, like, yeah, Right. Like, like off the charts and you're like, holy cow, how did that person get to, um, right from A to Q? And it seems like that. And that's not really the case. I think career pivoting is about being intentional. It's about moving, um, moving yourself through that journey, but always looking ahead on your roadmap and seeing like, is that destination still my destination? Um, it gets to change. Um, but I believe that comes, at least for me, it came with a lot of trial and error, maybe. Um, but I didn't always believe that. I always thought like, this was your career. When you left school, you left fit very intentionally for a career in whatever you studied in. And that was your life. That was it. That, that was, was it. it. Yeah. Right? That was your work life. See, I I'm the daughter of a college professor. And so, yes, I heard that and I knew that. And yet I, anytime I got into a position where I was like, nope, this isn't it. I would figure out what was next, but there was no, I was on, I was not on a path. <laughs> there was no path for me. It was definitely me responding to what my heart, what my gut was telling me was next. But there was no, there was no path. I, I, I didn't see the path until now. And I look back and I go, oh, I needed to take all those steps to do the work that it is that I really am fired up to do in the world. Um, but, and that I am doing in the world, but I'm, I couldn't have done that had I not had these very tangential, very strange places. I mean, I went from, my undergrad is in theater. Um, I was uh, mostly on the production side, doing production management, stage management, um, that type of work. Although I did some writing and some acting as well and some directing. Loved it. Um, I went from there into the um, tech sector and I did website development um, and then database administration. <laughs> and then from there, not creative kind of creative, not great. And then from there, I went to law school and I was a practicing attorney. And from there, I went into nonprofit. And from there, I went into coaching and consulting. And so you can, looking back, see how everything fit together. But in the moment, there was no intentionality of, I want to do this. The one thing that I know all through it is I wanted to make a difference in the world. I wanted to change the world and make the world a better place. And I was searching for how to do that. I actually started my undergraduate as pre-med psych because I wanted to, I, I wanted to work in therapy. Um, so, you know, in a weird way, I kind of came back to that, but not really. So how about, how about the two of you? What were, what were your stories? 
Well, I was going to toss the sports ball over to Nikki. <laughs> well, and I have also had a, a wild and varied path. And, um, you know, I love that you said to respond because that's a human design part of your human design is to respond. It's also part of mine. And so um, I always just went where it was interesting to me. And I always knew when it was time to move on. So I didn't. I also didn't have a path. It was kind of like, oh, look, there's wildflowers. Let's go see what's over in that field. Um, and so when it came to like creating an intentional career, I didn't call it a pivot at the time. Looking back, I could call it a pivot of, of I'm done here. I'm done in this space. What do I want to do next? For me, it was really looking back and looking for that common thread. The thing that I didn't think I was doing when I was like, no, they're all so different. It's no, there are some things because I did HR, I did marketing, I was a flight attendant, you know, I worked in retail, I did all of these different kinds of things. Um, and I'm like, you know what, for me, it really is about working with people. It's really about um, helping people in the moment and helping them make the best choice for themselves and be empowered. And, and even as a flight attendant, you know, it's funny how much you think you need to empower your passengers, but you really do because you don't always check your brain with your luggage. <laughs> you need to be reminded of where your iPad is sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you do. Sometimes you need to be reminded multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, you know, people are safe and they're taken care of and, um, and able to move forward well and, and just, and be informed. And, you know, I also studied, energy healing and astrology and again, human design, all those kind of things. And to me, that's just like another piece that's come in because when I studied like Reiki and energy healing, I didn't necessarily want to do it professionally. I did for a while, but I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't the whole enchilada. So how can I use this later? And I didn't have an answer at the time. So I'm like, all right, well, I have that. I can use it if slash when I need it. So um, when I decided to become a coach, when I decided to like, really commit to it. For me, it was, well, why do I want to be a coach? Well, because I, I like talking to people. Honestly, that's what it comes down to. I love talking to people and, and like reflecting with them and helping them to hear themselves and what they're saying. Because so many times we get in that tornado brain and we stop listening to it because we're like, there it is again, there it is again, there it is again. It's like, do you know you just said that? And that's my favorite moment. I was like, you just said that. And they're like, you're brilliant. I'm like, no, those literally were your words. Yes. And and those are the kind of moments where I was like, oh, okay. So this is why I want to be a coach. So it was a pivot, but it was really just getting clear on what my thread of interest was from all those other places. A thread of interest. I saw you perk up on that, Louise. That was a happy Louise face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and and so our career, our each career journey, like our roadmap, is each unique to right to who we are, um, and it's all just this this accumulation of experience that we keep finding. Right, we keep stopping at different convenience stores and picking up road snacks along the way, um, and and that's kind of what it is. And, and it can look so different for everyone. Um, I'm curious, um, and I'm just going to throw it out there to say, like, any thoughts around, you know, we can look back and go like, oh, yeah, like, what a great ride. Like, we can see the thread now, but when we're in it, we often can't. 
Um, so any, any thoughts around why career pivoting can feel so scary um, is we hear it. I hear it often um, around like, I can't possibly do that. That's for someone else, right? That Kim path, that's like, whoa. <laughs> oh yeah. I hear that all the time too. Like how right? did you do all those different things? Yeah. And it wasn't scary to me at the time. It like, And even looking back now, like I still don't feel scared. But I love what you said about the roadmap, Louise, because I think, you know, back when you're thinking of graduate from school, this is what I studied. Doug says hi, <laughs> Bentley. Um, this, is, this is what I studied and this is what I do next. It's because we were given a roadmap. And, you know, it's the difference between following the map and creating the map. And so... Now, again, looking back now, I created my map, but I kind of wish I could have started with a little more intention earlier. But at the same time, who knows if I would have ended up even near the same place. So it all played out how it was supposed to. So um, between that and those hidden gifts that just come naturally to people, like talking to people, I didn't think I could, apologies, I didn't think I could make a job out of just talking to people. And if somebody would have said, what are you good at? I never would have said that as a talent or something to be in a career about. And so thinking of those things that come naturally to people, like I can't do that, it's too easy. I didn't have to work for it, I didn't have to do it. And so it can be scary to put that out there too. Like I really wanna talk to people, so I really wanna do this. And it's really me that's putting that out there. And so being in that zone adds a little extra fear because it's really you mm -hmm. in that space. And to be really seen in that way can be really scary. Well, it's interesting, Nikki, because what what I hear you talking about is really diving into what what people, what I know my clients show up with is that fear of, but I can't do that. Like I look at the job listing and I can't do that because I haven't been trained in that way. I can't do that because, right? And it's it's that scary place of, well, I don't have those skills. I don't have those talents. And yet what I heard you say and what I know from myself personally, I know Louise, we've talked about it too, is like we actually do have those transferable skills and talents that we don't lean into understanding that we have. So Louise, I would love to know a way that you work with your clients um, to find those places that are transferable. Um. I think it's really about um, leaning into the things that you like the core of really what you love to do. And, and those are the things that you want to bring forward. Like who wants to bring <laughs> that the crappy stuff forward. So you really dive into thinking about, you know, transferable skills really, I think leans into that, that zone. I, I call it your zone of genius. It's really those things that you love that, those things you love to do and you want to do more of. And it really is about unpacking that and getting to the core of it. But those are those are different than the, the things that we can learn, like the skills that often we trip up in uh, job postings, right? We see we see those skills like oh, I don't have enough, um, I don't have enough Excel for that, or I've never used that software. And it's like those sure. I, I can't disagree. However, those aren't the, those real transferable skills. It's like, what is like at, at the core of who you are? What is it that you love to do? 
right? Do you have a love of learning? Do you love, right? Like Nikki, do you love to be with people? Do you love to collaborate and work together with folks? Do you want to be autonomous? Like when you think about those like things that really, um, they boost you up and they also excite you. Those are like those energy pills, I guess. That's the fuel in your tank really is yeah. what it is. Yep. And that's what you want to bring forward. Well, well and how many, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was going to say, no, I just wanted to, Louise had mentioned this really cool statistic. Okay. Um, oh, when we yeah. Were talking. yeah. I would love if you would share that with everybody. Yeah. It, um, we already know about 70% of every job out there. Like, and I'm talking like we, like here we are mid-career professionals when you look at a job posting, you you know 70% of that job posting, regardless of the industry, the sector, um, the, the company, uh, where geographically, geographically, geographically. That's the word. <laughs> wherever it is. Put new word together. All of those things. I know because I get so excited. You already know 70% of it. And we often just look at a, at a posting and especially women, we just skip over it and we focus on the 30% we don't know. And so we end up looking and applying for jobs that already match our skills. And so when you're looking to pivot or to get into something new or to stretch yourself just a little bit, the job boards become a wall and a box that keeps you small because all you can see is, is a posting where you're already like 98% doing it. Well, if you're already 98% doing it, why the heck are you leaving what you're doing? Or why aren't you having a good time doing what you're doing? Then that's not a pivot. That's just getting a new job. <laughs> exactly. It's not growth or, or really anything. Um, and so that's why, that's why you stay, right? That's why people stay in stuck jobs is because they can't possibly see themselves um, applying for something that they're only 70% confident they can do. And it's like, why the heck not? Men do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I read a statistic that if a man, you know, over, overarching and very generalization, if a man feels like he's 60 to 70% qualified, he'll apply. And if a woman feels she's 30 to 40% unqualified, she won't. Mm -hmm. Like traditionally, traditionally or whatever the study was, and the numbers might be a little soft on, on there because it was a while ago. But um, but why not apply to something that you can grow into, that you are mostly competent in, but there's already that growth space for you as well. I find it fascinating because we get stuck on the like the the linguistics, the language that are in the job postings in terms of like, well, I didn't do this exact thing. Well, okay, right? It's like uh, I love the well, you have you know ten years of experience doing this exact same thing. Well, if I have ten years of experience doing that exact same thing, again, I'm not pivoting. I'm not. I'm not necessarily looking for growth. I'm looking to change jobs. And that's totally legit. And that may be where, where you are and what you want to do. And fantastic. Then go do that. But if you are looking to pivot, if you are looking to expand and to grow in new and different ways, you may not have those 10 years exact experience doing that exact job. But look at what you have already done. What do you have extensive experience doing? And my guess is you're going to fill out much more than 70% of what's on that sheet. And you're going to have that opportunity to learn and to grow. And when you, when you show that to an employer and you say, no, this is who I am, 
right? We lose so much of that. And I think the reason why pivots weren't ever scary for me is I wasn't going in trying to prove what I already knew. I wasn't trying to be an expert at everything for that new job when I haven't done it before. But what I am trying to say is I am an expert in these ways. This is where my zone of genius is. This is where I'm really, really good. And this is how I think I can help you. And oh, by the way, I do need to learn these other things. And I'm super excited to come on board with your organization to be able to learn those. Right. And that it really is focusing, but that starts with getting to know like what's in your zone. If you have no idea, then there, I'm sorry, you're never going to find a job on a job board that you're going to feel like you can do know your zone so that you can, you can really lean into that. Think about what employers are actually looking for. They're not looking for 10 years of experience. They're looking for something else. They're looking for like, what did you gain from that 10 years of experience? And so you get to like dive into what are they really asking for? Um, they're not asking for for that. They're asking for, for some kind of knowledge or some type of confidence or problem solving or some really, right? And that's why we talk about these, these transferable skills. That's what people are, that's what employers are really asking for. Mm -hmm. And so you, when you dive deep into that, you have, like I said, you have 70% of what you already need to do anything. Well, and even within that, that 30% that you don't know, there are things that every company might do a little bit differently. And so mm -hmm. to be able to tailor that learning to your pivot, to your new position, you know, is an easy way to say, yeah, you know what, I'm excited to learn this piece and to be able to tailor what I already know to what you are looking for in this role, because we can't all know everything <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's when we try to pretend that we do that it's a problem. Right. And yet I think it gives us an opportunity when we get into these places and I, this is, one of the things that I love talking about is being both simultaneously an expert, right? You are, you bring this, your genius forward. So you are an expert in this area without knowing absolutely nothing about something else. Think about any job you've walked into, even if you were a hundred percent on point with that job posting, you've never worked in that organization with that group of people before. Yep. So stepping into it, you're an absolute expert, but you know nothing at the same time. And being able to live in that space of those two things can be hard, but I, I think we think it's going to be harder than it is. Like we, we discredit ourselves in that. What do you think? What's the, the wisdom of the beginner's mind of being willing to, even if you've done something a million times, to allow yourself to be a beginner because it gives you those fresh eyes. And so if you know you're going in with this wisdom and knowledge already and saying, okay, but... I am, like you said, new in this company, new with this group of people, new in this specific role to say, okay, so I'm a beginner here. Yes, I have this knowledge. I have this wisdom. I have this experience. I'm in my zone of genius. And to be open to the new people and how you all interact as a group and how you work together as a group. Um, it, like that's that's where the gift is. That's where you get to learn. That's where you get to be curious and explore and, and play with things. <laughs> Curiosity, right? And and by just, I don't want to say just, by leaning into your curiosity, um, why why not um, give any, why not try something? Why not go for that job or have that tough conversation? Whatever that is that's holding you back from, from making that big 
next move. It's, it's not big. Um, when you just get started, just get started by leaning into that curiosity and asking those questions. Well, and within that, look at what you're saying. Oh, I could do that. I can do that. Like the things that aren't, oh, that's part of that. Oh, cool. The, the can and the could are kind of like the should, you know, don't should on yourself. If, if you're reading something and you're like, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. I, I have skills in that area, but you know, when you're excited about something, when you, when you are pivoting into something that really aligns with who you are and what you want and your zone of genius versus it's kind of a pivot, but it's almost like your shoes nailed to the ground kind of pivot. So you're not really moving forward. You're just maybe turning a little bit. Well, and sometimes we need to do that because sometimes it's about gaining a different perspective. Often yes. we're stuck in there, right? And we can't see anything different. When you can just take a small step to just step out of that, step out of the weeds or step out of the fog, you just don't know what's right there. And, and so sometimes those small pivots or those small changes, like it doesn't have, it's just, it's just work people. That's all I have to say. Like we make it this big, huge deal and it's just work. If you are excited, if you want to be doing something or going somewhere um, in your career, just take a chance and see where it goes. It's just work. Um, so, so yeah, so I have another, I have another stuff I'm going to throw out there. Did you know that like when we think about kind of these mid-level management positions, right? In that are kind of in this, this middle space that when you pivot into a new organization, doing something new that you, that you haven't done exactly before, because you're in a new organization, it can take up to 18 months for you to learn that job, 18 months. Um, and we often put so much pressure on ourselves to learn it in the first three. Well, 90 days, right? 90 day review, 90 day check-in, 90, it, it's just kind of sunk into our psyche that, okay, 90 days is a magic number. We need to know, we need to be able to do it by then, or why are we here? <laughs> so what advice can you give to people who are, um, three month range when we know that it's going to take 18 months? Well, I, I do love the 30, 60, 90. I work a lot on my clients with that. It, it, who says that it has to stop there? Why not read, start all over again, do another 30, 60, 90, like, but making sure that you're intentional and having some really great conversations and having clarity around expectations, right? Your own expectations and are they aligned in alignment with your your leadership and 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 where you're headed, I think we often don't talk enough about what that looks like because we're just we're afraid we're behind or we're afraid we're failing. Um, have those tough conver—they're not even tough. Have conversations, people. Just just talk. candid conversations. Just candid conversations. Oh. Um, you know, in my career history, uh, I found myself. <laughs> in a job that I actually wasn't hired for. So the the job that I went for, the the, the leap that I made um, turned out to be very different. It's called the honeymoon, right? They When they woo you and they want you to, oh yeah, we promise you the moon. And yes, of course you can do this. And yes, of course. And I'm like, fantastic. 
And then you get to a place where it's like, oh, no, no, we didn't really mean that. Um, right. So you, when you can have these really great open clarity conversations, you're going to find that out a lot quicker than right than you know, two or three years later when you're like, what the heck am I doing here? Well, I think really good organizations and really good managers, supervisors, leaders look at that 30, 60, 90 as the onboarding period, not uh, like this is it, but look at that 30, 60, 90 as your onboarding period and then do a six month check-in and then do a 12 month, not necessarily review yet, right? But maybe it's a mini review because you really haven't, you can't consider yourself having been there a year if you consider that first three months you're onboarding. Right. Right. So yeah. really you're closer to that 18 months before you really should be having that first year review. Um, and the review, again, this is, the, this is really what I work with with my clients is the conversations are not one way, right? We give the power over to these two organizations all the time. And if we start reclaiming some of our own power and checking to see what it is that we want from that organization, from that role, and see if it's aligned with us, we're going to step out of that proving space of trying to say, but look what I can do for you and get more into the space of look what we can do together. So that's where I am. And that's why I think pivoting can be so cool because you do bring a completely new lens, right? Whether it's within the same organization, whether it's completely different worlds, whether it's just in a new organization, but a similar role, whatever that pivot may look like, it's finding what's in alignment with you, finding an organization or a business that is in alignment with that, and then working together to create those synergies to do good work in the world. Yeah. And that's what it's about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you make a good point. Like at the end of the day, this is my career. This is my life. This is how work fits into my life. And if if I end up in a place that doesn't help me with a 306090, like I'm creating my own 306090. I'm yeah. structuring my own one-on-one -on -one conversations with my leader. I'm scheduling, right? I I'm I'm taking control. I'm the one checking in. I'm the one initiating all of those things. You don't have to wait for your organization to do it. They might not be in that space. And here you come in now, not only right with such depth of knowledge and experience through your pivot, but now you're saying like, hey, like I'm this is what I need as an as an onboarding employee. And uh, here, like, why, why not ask for what you need? Um, you never know, like you'd be changing the way they look at onboarding completely because you've created your own. Um, don't leave your career up to someone else. Don't leave your career path up to somebody else. Please. <laughs> no. And even if it's not an intentional planned out plotted path that you're on, it's okay. Right. I mean, we each of us have had our own way of doing it. And for me, it has been, you know, heart and gut driven. So it's not been a path that I've been following and I couldn't be happier with every pivot I've made. Right. Like even the bad, bad ones, they weren't bad. They were, you know, not maybe the right fit for me, but man, did I get good information. Well, and even with that, don't wait, initiate way back to 
39 minutes and 41 seconds ago talking about what is success for you. So how do you want to be successful in this pivot? That's going to take intentional reviews, 30, 60, 90. So if your company won't do it, even if your company does do it, why not do it for yourself with your definition of how you want to be moving along and how you want to be adapting and where you want to be more curious and explore. So if you're going into that with that self-ownership and the, the, not proving energy, but the, the showing up in your authority and your in your empowerment, knowing your abilities and your capabilities, then you know, or you can discover what that success will be for you. So part of that check-in process, why not set it up for yourself, whether or not the company has it in place? Love that. So I am so glad that we've had this deep, rich conversation. Um, hopefully those of you that have been listening in have been um, enjoying the conversation as well. Um, always, I know I didn't stop uh, um, to, to greet everybody necessarily that was jumping on and to um, ask you to jump in and be part of the conversation. But we'd love to hear from you in terms of how, um, if you're in the middle of a pivot, if you're looking to pivot, um, or if you have pivoted in the past, um, we'd love to hear from you and hear how that went or is going. Um, I would love to throw out there, and I don't have my golden nugget that I was playing with at home, but the, do you have one? Um, I don't physically have a golden nugget, but I have a golden nugget. Okay. Right? Um, well, so what a, a golden nugget is that little bit of information that you walked away, that little aha moment from the conversation that you just go, oh, wow, that was so cool. And it's one of the things that I love exploring um, in conversations, both with clients and outside. So I want to ask everybody here and whether you're listening uh, live, um, the replay, and then the lovely individuals that are on the screen with me, what is your golden nugget from today's conversation? You have yours, Louise. You go right ahead. I have well, to think. <laughs> Nikki, it was something you said around the, the threads, right? Because I think that that we often get um, so focused in the, and we want to be in the now and in the future. Like we're always looking ahead when we talk about like career mapping and, and creating that journey. But it is a lot about the threads. Like it's, it's a lot about what those commonalities or what are those things that you pull from the past um you weave into a blanket right to to carry you forward but that that's what what struck with me was this this whole idea of of the thread right and we're not isolated like this this next pivot like you're still bringing the thread with you you're still bringing everything who you are and everything that you know with you you don't leave it at the door so it was the thread comment that that's my that's my nugget. How about you, Nikki? Um, I'm going to go with what you said about doing the small pivot because in my head, how I've always done things is, are very big changes, and so thinking of those small little twists and turns um, is not a place that I naturally go. And so being reminded of that and saying, "Yeah, you know what." those tiny little places are places I have learned big lessons in the past and learned about what I want and what I don't want and how to work with that. So that's my golden nugget for today. Your turn, Kim. So mine is actually something that, um, oh, Amy, thank you so much. Amy loves the idea of a 30, 60, 90 review period. 
Um, I always feel that I should know more than I think I should in a short period of time. And I've heard it from clients too. Absolutely. I agree, Amy. Yeah, for sure. Like um, really spreading that out over time and understanding that that's just onboarding. It's not, it shouldn't be treated. I don't like that probationary period for that, that 90 day probationary period. Yes. If there's something egregious and it shows up in those first 90 days, I get it. However, I feel like let's treat that as a, as a true onboarding period to see if this is a relationship. It's you're dating, you're dating. Yep. Let's see yep. if we really want to get married. Right. Or even um, engaged, even engaged for another engaged. year. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, I, so mine really goes back to that idea of the 70%. We know so much more than we think we know. And I see it with every client that I work with on a, on a pivot, like that they are all, they know so much more than they give themselves credit for it. And it's, it's true across the board. So I love Louise that you had a statistic to go with that. That is my golden nugget. I appreciate, I appreciate the statistics. I'm all about the data. I know. All right, Nikki, I'm so glad that one, thank you for letting me stay in your lovely home. Two, <laughs> that you were able to join us um, for this week's conversation around pivoting. Um, we hope that next week you will join us for a live nano episode. We think it's going to be a lot smaller because guess what? Both Louise and I are going to still be on, well, I'm already on vacation. Louise will officially be on vacation by then. So we're going to do a little tiny baby episode next week, Friday, May 20th at 2 p.m. Pacific because we're still moving through the time zones. So figure out what that means for you. And we're going to talk about fitting work into your life because so many of us, and we're going to start the conversation. We're going to finish it the week after. But the um, so many of us start with this idea that we have to, shove our lives around the work that we are doing, right? Instead of the other way around, where we get an opportunity to fit work around our life. So I hope you join us for that. What do you think, Louise? What are you excited to talk about with that one? Oh my I know God. you're just excited about vacation. I can't even wait. Um, you are going to see me. Well, we'll see. Hopefully I, I'm, I'm going to be a lot warmer than I currently am today. Um, and that will make me happy. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I do want to um, just say uh, one thing too. I have the uh, fantastic resource I wanted to share. Um, there's a, a great book out there that can help you. Um, well, there's many great books by many great people. Um, I'm going to recommend one that um, I used um, in it. That's uh, Pivot by Jenny Blake. Um, so I just wanted to kind of put that into the space because I think there's a fantastic book that kind of touches on um, some of the things we talked about. The language is a little bit different, of course, but some of the things that we talked about that I think are always so important um, for uh, for trying to figure all of this stuff out. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a great, great book. And um, we will include information in the show notes. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. I'm so glad that you did. Yay. All right, everybody. Um, thank you so much for joining us live, for watching the replay. Um, oh, wait, there's more comments. What's going there on? Are, in the comments? They're blowing up. All right. I just um, found the comments. <laughs> all right. So um, a LinkedIn user chimed in and saying they're not uh, looking for 10 years of experience. Fantastic. They're looking for what you could have learned in 10 years. The takeaway from that is I have to figure out how to show that I know the things that 10 years of experience or not. That's right, 100%. They don't want to see 
a cookie cutter. So thank you so much. And we're so glad that you um, chimed in today and let us know what your golden nugget is. Um, feel free to leave us any future notes uh, on those golden nuggets. Join us back here next week as we start digging into the fabulous topic of getting work to work for us instead of the other way around. One of the favorite things I like to talk about. Um, thank you again. And we look Thanks, forward. Thank, thank you, you Nikki. <laughs> and we look forward to continuing to walk with you as you build your kick-ass career. Bye for now.